You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome to the podcast. Listen, I am excited today to bring a on remote location podcast episode. I'm at William Carey University with Megan Smith. Megan goes to church with us. She works at William Carey, and she also happens to love literature and stories. She writes a little bit on the side, but she just loves to read, and she's a terrifically fun Carterville person for you to meet. So today's podcast episode will be shared with Megan and I. So Megan, thanks for being on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Megan, uh, curious, do you ever listen to the podcast? Mm-hmm. I'm putting no, you on the spot a little you bit. You are. You are. I have not listened to it yet. My commute is very small, but I'm definitely going to be. So this episode, hey everybody, we're picking up a new <laughs> listener today, right? So Here as Megan as Megan records, you know she's going to want to hear this episode, and so she can go back and get the other 440 something before this one. Uh, wow, that sounds like a lot. It does. Uh, I want to tell you something funny before we do our podcast episode on reading the Bible better. And uh, what I want to tell you is, you know, Jesus, Jesus accused the Pharisees of straining out gnats and swallowing camels. Um, I want you to know that I am not a Pharisee. I swallowed a gnat. Like, seriously, uh, I sat down in Megan's office and she was swatting out a gnat as we were talking. I was explaining the podcast and I took a deep breath and I said, uh-oh, something happened. Literally, five minutes ago, I swallowed a gnat. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, so now uh, that's that's the, the behind-the-scenes view of the podcast today. Let's see if we can shift gears and do this. Well, church family, we're talking about reading narrative today, all right? Because the, the next move in this series on podcasts for reading your Bible better, I want to talk about how to read different genres of the Bible. And I, I just wanted to sit down with Megan today to get some of her thoughts as a, as a person who loves story to help us think about what it will take to engage narrative in the Bible. Now, let me be specific. On the one hand, I could say that Genesis through Revelation, cover to cover in your Bible, constitutes one large narrative. A fancy word is meta-narrative, a big narrative that goes across, you know, from one book to the other, to the other, to the other. The meta-narrative, the big story of God creating and then redeeming a broken creation. So I could tell you, you know, that's, that's one way to think about narrative. But the way specifically I'm thinking about narrative today is that certain sections of your Bible are specifically narrative material. They are story. For example, there's law material in Exodus. Well, that doesn't feel exactly like story. There's poetry in the Psalms. Doesn't feel exactly like story. Uh, There's letter material from Paul, Peter, or others, right? So I'm talking about those moments in the Bible where you're reading narratives. Uh, Noah and the ark, you know, Joseph and his coat of many colors, off to Egypt, you know, Moses and the Exodus. So Megan, that's your setup. So tell us what are your thoughts about believers trying to read biblical narrative better. You have some convictions about this, don't you? Uh, I do. I think it's important to know kind of a little bit about how story affects you um, as well, like in your brain. <laughs> it was neat to me that you'd done this thing or this research that you knew this. So I, yes. tell, tell us about it. So what I, happens in my brain? Yes. So what happens in your brain is, and Lisa Cron actually brought this to my attention in her book, Wired for Story. So this is not a new thing that Megan has researched and come up with, but uh, she was speaking on um, how story affects you in 
in your synapses and that sort of thing. So whenever you read a story and your brain is like, this is, this is who I am, that main character, I am now Jane Eyre. I am now Esther. I am now, you know, like, yeah. and so all of the emotions that you feel whenever you're reading a story, it actually plays out in your head. And so the dopamine comes out and you're scared and you have all the anxiety and all of these things. So you have a long-term effect in your body and in your worldview about the story that you have. So that kind of creates empathy inside of you. So you're able to interact in the real world with those new emotions and that new worldview that you have. Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, like the psychology behind some of this is that it's almost as if my, my neurons are allowing me to mirror the experiences of the characters I'm reading, which allows me to see the world from their perspective. Yes. That broadens my horizons. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Okay, great. So biblically, like when I'm reading the Bible, what does that do for me? Um, I think that if you are reading the Bible as, as a narrative and you are starting to really dig into the characters and feel the emotions of, you know, Esther standing up there trying to be picked by a king and, uh, and, and the things of, of, of Christ, like the Gospels are narratives too, and, 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 uh, and his story, I think that it allows you to put yourself in those positions, feel those feelings, and really understand what's happening in that story. So my Sunday school class, I don't know what your Sunday school class, you teach, don't you? You teach, yeah, you teach yeah. children's ministry. I teach ministry. third grade. Yeah. Oh gosh, so you're, you are right in the middle of it. You are teaching, teaching kids. My Sunday school class, in the adult material that I teach, we've been studying the life of Joseph. And so mm -hmm. if I think this through, like I, I'm feeling um, afraid and betrayed when Joseph is in the pit mm -hmm. and his brothers are selling him to slavery. I feel injustice for Joseph when mm -hmm. I think about uh, he didn't get a fair trial. Potiphar's wife lied to him. The baker, uh, or the cupbearer forgot him. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. So I hear what you're saying, and it, I can see how it brings me into the story so that it can affect me. I can see how the Holy Spirit could use that um, to, to really allow me to hear the Bible so much better. Yeah, and when you, like, for example, when I teach creative writing, I I don't talk, and they say, write what you know, if you've, if you've any kind of experience with writing uh, any kind of fiction, they say, write what you know, and it's not necessarily write, the, you know, you don't have to have been put into a pit and betrayed by your brothers in order to have the uh, the feelings of betrayal. Okay. Like, it's kind of bringing those betrayal emotions back to the forefront, because you have been betrayed in the, in the past, and that's a, a natural human thing that happens to us. Being afraid of something is a natural human emotion that we all have. Yeah. And so you can bring yourself back to a place in time where you have had those feelings yeah. and have a communion with Joseph yeah. and, and, and create that, that connection with that story. You know, I want people to read the Bible to have an experience with God and to be changed, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I want us to walk away from reading the Bible, not just mm -hmm. knowing more stuff, but, but changed by Jesus and ready to follow better. And as I'm thinking about what you're telling me, um, not only am I developing empathy for, for people that I'm going to interact with today, and my worldview is broadening to understand Jesus and God's world better, the movement of the Holy Spirit better, mm -hmm. so that I can see things that I missed yesterday, you know, care about people that I overlooked yesterday. The other thing that this does for me is like almost in reverse, right? In my Sunday school class, as we were walking that material, you know, we had a good number of people that were thinking about times that they felt injustice towards them. They felt betrayed. And it was neat to be able to put yourself in Joseph's footprint to try to think, okay, well, if this was the track that Joseph was on and this is what God did next, 
how do I follow Jesus through this? It's almost like in reverse, right? You know, that like I'm putting myself in the in the in the place of the character, not just so I can be empathetic with him in that situation, but almost so I can flip it around and look at myself mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, well then how do I forgive my brother? How do I forgive my enemies? How do I overcome betrayal and not become so overwhelmed in it that I'm you know, that I'm after vengeance for the rest of my life. Anyway, it's just kind of neat how that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that the narrative that you put into yourself is what's going to come out of you yep. whenever you are dealing with real-world situations. Yeah. Good word. Um, what gets in the way? Why do why do believers who worship with me, worship with you, why do our Christian friends, uh, what comes in the way of us being able to encounter biblical narrative in a way that will change us? Well, I think that believers know that reading the Bible is so integral in having a relationship with Christ that we can kind of make it this really pressuresome situation. Like, I have to learn something. If I sit down and I read the Bible, I have to learn a moral or a lesson or something like that. And um, this this is... a problem that has spanned over time too because C.S. Lewis said that he had the same problem. He couldn't relate to the suffering of Christ because he had these ought to situations in his religion and what he had been taught since he was a kid where he could not feel the emotion and, and, and have that empathy with Christ's story. So that's one reason why he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And then um, Andrew Andrew Peterson, who wrote the Wing Feather Saga. Love it. Do you love it? So yeah. we read it too as a family. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I was, I was crying <laughs> on the couch a little bit as a dad. Did you expect the ending? Um, I can't say much about the ending because okay. I don't want to mess it up no, for No, I didn't say anything. I, I, did some, I, did, I did see some of it coming. We can talk off the mic uh-huh. in a minute if you want uh-huh. to. But I did see some of it coming as I was picking up the gospel okay. themes. So, yes, that. And also I was angry and then I was like, oh, well, that, that makes a lot of sense on how it happened. But I was yeah. angry at first. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk later. But uh, but he said that um, he also finds that when he speaks to groups of people and about uh, reading the Bible and that sort of thing, that we can lose something when we don't take those expectations yeah. off of the narrative part of the Bible. Right. So mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about this, like, so C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis is saying, when I would read about the sufferings of Jesus, because it's a religious passage about Jesus, mm-hmm. I read it as if I'm supposed to be reverent mm-hmm. and think these certain things, but that creates an emotive distance between me and this plot so it might be that I'm reading I'm reading whatever my favorite fiction book is and I'm caught up in it but then I'm reading the Bible and I read it differently because I think it's 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 a religious text it's and I and I forget to get my head and my heart into the story so that I can feel it and experience it to enjoy it yeah good word so I think one of the problems that we have in that is familiarity you know, in that we've heard preachers and teachers uh, teach and preach the Bible most of our lives if we grew up in church. Uh, we've read the Bible ourselves, hopefully. And so we've approached these texts with so much familiarity that we think to ourselves, oh, I already know where this is going. I already know where... there's a predictability. Mm-hmm. And it's like we can't let ourselves get swept up in it. And we probably should. We need to more. Yeah, um, according to C.S. Lewis and Andrew Peters, and that's where the change comes from. And also Lisa Cron, who is a secular author in in the publishing world, too. So she is saying things like, here's your logic, and without it being paired with emotion, we don't change ourselves. And that's exactly kind of what uh, C.S. Lewis and Andrew Peterson saying, too. It's like, we have this logic. We know we should be learning something. We know we should be feeling sad or something you know we know that we mm-hmm. should be feeling a certain way but without that emotion connected to it it's it's lost it's not the same yes yeah that's cool so uh 
what I think we're saying today is like, and this is a space the Holy Spirit could totally use. Yes. If you would allow yourself to connect with the biblical narrative in a way that placed you in the ancient Mediterranean, in that moment, in the midst of betrayal or fear or you know warfare or you know faith, but if you allowed yourself to connect with the plots, the stories, the the conflict, you know the resolution of conflict, the if you allowed yourself to be there in that moment in that setting, it might allow you to read the Bible with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh heart, and who knows, the Holy Spirit could really put His hands on you and change you as you read those texts. I think that's a wonderful sum up. Awesome. Hey, Megan, thanks for making time for this podcast. I really appreciate you being a voice from the church um, on reading our Bible better. Okay. Thank you so much for inviting me. You bet. Hey, um, church family, I'm going to try to get this podcast out to you. I'm a day late. Uh, If you're tracking my 2022 intent, my goal is to have three episodes a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I'm going to offer this one to you on Friday. Sorry, I couldn't get my content turned around yesterday. But uh, thanks for listening. And I appreciate you guys being patient as we try to engage Jesus together between Sundays.